The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. And thank you so much for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. I'm Carrie Charles, your host. And we are going to have a phenomenal conversation that you do not want to miss. We are going to talk about how to retain talent in a hot market. And today I have with me two incredible ladies and my friends as well. Nicole Thomas, she is the Regional Vice President of the Central Region for DISH Network. And we have Katie Flynn, who is the head of wireless talent acquisition for Dish Network. So I want to welcome you to 5G Talent Talk. I've been waiting to have you both on my show for so long. So I'm excited about this conversation. Having us, Gary. Wonderful. So we are going to start with a place where I like to start, which is really looking at your journeys, your professional journeys, right? how you got from where you were to where you are now. So Nicole, do you want to start us off? Yeah, Carrie, I, uh, I started in this industry when I was 19. So I've only ever done this in my, in my career and I, I absolutely love it. I started by building two networks previously um, from the ground up on the operator side. And then I spent some time on the services side more recently. I, my last position was over at Ericsson running service delivery for the East region. And then uh, I came to Dish one year ago, actually one one year exactly. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Happy anniversary! Thank you. <laughs> so glad to be here. That's exciting. That's exciting. So, Katie, what? Tell me about your journey. Yeah. So I joined Dish almost nine years ago, and it was really the wireless build that got me excited. We had my first day on the job was actually the day we announced we were trying to buy Sprint. So that was back in 2013. But I just knew that this journey was going to be really exciting and have the potential to disrupt an industry that had been stagnant for a long time. So that's what kind of got me excited. But I had been around the business for a long time. My parents founded Dish in 1980 before I was born. So I grew up around the business, worked in other industries and nonprofits. And then after business school, just decided that I wanted to give it a try and see if uh, it was a good fit. And so kind of gave myself a year to say, hey, I might regret it if I never try, try Dish. And <laughs> nine years later, here I am. So it's been a great journey and excited to be here and just know that the next nine years are going to be even more exciting than the first nine. So oh, absolutely. You know, Katie, I'm, I'm dying to know just uh, maybe a story from your childhood with your dad, with your family, you know, it's just something that you remember. Yeah. So adventure is one of the parts of our stated culture. So I think that really makes us unique in the Fortune 200 that every day is going to look different. And one story comes to mind from when Dish was actually making the transition from the big 10 foot dish down to the 18 inch kind of digital smaller dish that everybody has today. And so this pivot was pretty game changing for the company, obviously. And in order to make it happen, we were launching our first satellite from China. So 
the U.S. launches, you know, out of Cape Canaveral, Florida, were a little too expensive for the company. And so our first launch was out of rural China in 1995. And kind of in true adventure style, we, um, <laughs> my parents packed up all five of us kids to go out there. So we took a couple day trip, the baby being eight months old, I was 11 at the time. And we knew the company was on the line. We didn't exactly comprehend, you know, what that meant. But our parents told us, hey, if, if the satellite's successful, dad's getting a convertible and a new car. And so that was what we were most excited about. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, if it's not successful, the company would be bankrupt, essentially. And we would be raising cattle for the rest of our lives, is what they told us, moving to rural Colorado, which we also thought would be a fun adventure. So right. that just describes kind of the journey from when I was a kid and then also just the mentality of my dad and, and mom as founders just saying, hey, it's actually more risky not to take a risk. And so they really wanted to move in, into a new industry, continue to grow and see the next generation of the company happen. And so, yeah, that took us to China and wow. you guys know it was successful and the rest is history. And we're on a similar mm. path right now, just making big bets in a new industry that's a little unproven. So, you know, Katie, I... Go ahead. What? No, I was going to ask, did you get the new car? <laughs> he did get a new car and he has he uh, has the same convertible, I think, from 96 now. So <laughs> what a great story that, you know, I got chills when you said it's risky. It's more risky not taking a risk. And boy, that that really hit home for me. And and I think it's a message for everyone to hear right now as, you know, as we're embarking on the future and our goals and what's possible in our amazing industry. So that is that's just cool. I thanks for sharing that. I'm sure there's many more that we will talk about in the future. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about your roles, your individual roles. So uh Katie, let's go ahead and start with you. Tell us what you do as, you know, the head of wireless talent acquisition. I mean, I know I work with you closely. I have now for a year and a half and spent a lot of time in your organization. Phenomenal, phenomenal organization. But tell us more about your role today. Yeah, so our team didn't really start until the beginning of 2020 when it became clear that Sprint and T-Mobile would be allowed to merge and Dish was becoming the fourth entrant into wireless. And so with the acceleration of our 5G build, we needed obviously the people. And so there wasn't exactly a roadmap at the time. And at the beginning, it was just aligning ourselves really closely with the business to understand their strategy and what they needed to accomplish. And then I was involved in just helping us figure out from a people side what that meant. And so because there wasn't a recruiting team, three recruiters when I started, you know, we really had to 10x our team in order to support the business. And I would say now, you know, we're, we've been in existence almost two years as a team. And yeah. it's really about optimizing and managing for change. You know, the two years of recruiting, one being the pandemic and then now being one of the hottest talent markets. I think my role is just figuring out how do we pivot and change and Last year, we had more applications than we could get through in a week. And now we're really having to source an outreach to candidates. And so that's a different mm -hmm. skill set. So just continuing to pivot, look at the market conditions, work closely with the business to help them accomplish their goals and just align with the strategy has been, you know, mm -hmm. largely my role. So that's, that's a big job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun and it's kept us right. on our toes and 
that's kind of how it is in the startup. So if it wasn't it the market, it'd be something else. I'm sure that we'd be happy Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nicole, talk about your role a bit. Yeah. And Katie said she had to grow her team 10x. When I walked in a, a year ago, I had 25 people and I had to 10x my team as well. <laughs> So it was the, it's been a wild ride and really we did a majority of, you know, the acquiring the team over the course of six months. So that was kind of job number one when I, when I walked in, but also when I walked in, we had to get the build going. We didn't have a single supplier agreement signed. We needed to hire a big team and we needed to figure out how to get the work done. We have a timeline that we need to get it done in. So yeah, so it's been a, it's been a wild adventure and my role is, is really everything from you know, everything in the field, uh, in the central region. So that means, you know, acquiring the team, doing all the site acquisition, construction, integration, and then eventually operating our network. So even over the course of the year, we've pivoted from getting the leaders in place and then getting individual contributors and subject matter experts in place to get the work done. And now we're really focused with Katie's team and bringing in operations folks as we, we kind of transverse into, into operating a network as we launch it. Nicole, all, everything you're saying, I mean, in 12 months, yeah, you've done all right. that. That is, it's just, it's just unbelievable to me. It really is. You know, let's look at the vision a bit and what is your vision? Like, where are you going and why with DISH? Wow. So first and foremost, I'd like to say that, you know, I, I think people, actually Dave Mayo said it when he did the, the podcast with you, Carrie, he said that the people that do really well at DISH are people that are comfortable with ambiguity. And so everything is just a little bit ambiguous. Like the nice part is, is we have a very clear vision. We have a very clear launch that needs to happen. And within that, we all, we all have to get that done, right? And we're moving everybody in that direction. And that really helps having that, that vision and purpose. But also there's just so many unknowns that, that come along with this. And so, you know, hiring people that were really comfortable in that environment, but also keeping people very motivated towards that ambiguity is really important, right? Because the market is hot and they're getting poached every day and there's a lot of interesting things to go do, but making sure that people understand the vision and are comfortable with what happens next is, is really important. Something that we're very yes. focused on. Yes. Katie, what are your thoughts on the vision for Dish Wireless? Yeah, I think, you know, for us, it's really just building that standalone 5G network and going to market with a product that's really different than what's out there now. And I think we have the opportunity to do that and take advantage of the 2021 technology versus the networks that were built in the past, you know, maybe decades ago. And so I think there's all the same traditional functionality that any other network would have, but we also are excited about the new things that'll come in the next five to 10 years that our network will be able to support. So I think it's really just building that platform of connectivity. I think if you have lived through the last 18 months, it's proven that connectivity is more important now than ever just to keep people going when they've been at home or, you know, we've just been able to see the power that if you have connectivity, you know, you can really continue to move forward in today's world. And so we're excited, you know, like about what Nicole said, you know, there's ambiguity kind of on the path, but we know the destination and we have that North Star and it's really clear the FCC has given us the milestones that we need to hit. So everyone's marching in the same direction. And, and then I think we're excited to see markets come online and begin to operate the network and, and really go disrupt. 
That's exciting because I every time I speak to anyone, any leader or even any team member at Dish, I mean the, the vision is is aligned, you know, and, and, and I hear the same message and, and that's how you produce miracles. You know, that's how great things happen. Speaking of great things happening, you know, what were the challenges of building a team and not just a team, but 10Xing a team in the middle of a pandemic last year? I mean, what were the obstacles and how did you overcome them to get to where you are today? Maybe you want to start? <laughs> you were on the end <laughs> <second> of this. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it, it actually, it started with our leaders and them really being behind the mission and understanding like this is probably the last greenfield build that's going to happen in the U.S. And so we were able to recruit you know, these industry experts and people like Dave Mayo, who have been in the industry for a long time and have the expertise. And then just their excitement was contagious to candidates. So we spent a lot of time on hiring and finding that right fit who was willing to make a move and change their career in a time of crazy uncertainty. But in a way that allowed us to bring in those adventurous people and then a lot of perseverance. I mean, hiring is definitely an art, not always a science. And so <laughs> learn from your mistakes, you know, be willing to pivot and kind of just get back up every day and dust yourself off, even if you're not sure if you're going to be successful. So I think, you know, we've taken time to celebrate. And that's also huge because when the task is so large, like what are those bite-sized things that are milestones along the way? And so Every market that we've closed has been, you know, a milestone. When we hired Nicole and, you know, our last regional vice president, like that was a big milestone, getting the leadership in place for the deployment. So I think if you just look at it day by day, maybe you get discouraged. But then when you look up, you know, after three, six months, it's we've come a long way. And so I think we're all really proud of that hard work and perseverance and right. just pivoting as the market changed. So Definitely. But Nicole, you've lived it too. So what are your thoughts? <laughs> you know, it was interesting, you know, because we, we definitely were in the middle of the pandemic when we were, you know, building our teams. But I, I think just like what Katie was saying is that the, the talent started coming over here and it made it real. So in some aspects, it kind of sold itself. You know, people people were in the process for a really long time because they're like, hey, I just want to come work at Dish because we know what you're doing is different. It's bringing new competition to you know the marketplace. And so in a lot of ways, it sold itself. We didn't have to do a lot of convincing. And I see those people that joined the company you know, several months or, or years ago are still here for that very reason, which is me. Now I think we're in a bit of a different environment where everybody else is doing something. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think many people are looking around. It's more that they're being reached out to because there's, you know, plenty of work in the industry. And so, you know, for us now, it's, I think we've done right with hiring. I think now our, our focus is on retention. So let's talk about, you know, the, the current climate with hiring, because there is insane demand right now for talent, not just in our industry, but all over the country with every role everywhere, right? And businesses are closing because they can't find enough people. So it's a very different climate today than it was really just a year ago. So how are you navigating this new world recruitment where, you know, there's the great resignation and, and there's, you know, people are getting ca calls on a regular basis. You know, there's just so much competition. How are you, you being successful inside of this? Well, I can start from the hiring side. I think for me, it's really just about being transparent with candidates at the very beginning so that they understand 
that it has to be a good fit on both sides. And we are looking for that person who will fit the culture and will stay with us long term because of our crazy tight deadlines. We know turnover costs money, but in our case, the bigger risk is time of bringing on a bad hire and then having them leave maybe after six months and then taking time to replace them and get that person up and trained. You know, if turnover costs you a year and our network needs to be done, you know, 70% of the population covered in less than two years by June of 2023, we can't afford that time. So we're really spending the time up front in the hiring process and then also hoping, you know, candidates are coming in eyes wide open, just giving them as much of a realistic sense of what it's going to be like so that they're not having that bait and switch or being sold on something that maybe wouldn't be a good long-term fit. So a lot of people in the industry know our hiring process is rigorous and that's intentional so that we can hopefully reduce our risk of bringing on someone who isn't, isn't going to work out long-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many compliments from, you know, candidates and, and employees that have joined us of, of Katie's team, you know, our recruiters are endlessly patient with just answering questions and, you know, making sure that people fully understand the job. And then the way that we, you know, vet candidates is they have to talk to everybody, including, you know, myself and and senior leadership. And so I think that patience has really paid off because I agree with Katie, we're very transparent about what it's like to work here. And we make sure that that is a, a fit on our side and their side. And I think that that's led to a lot of good success for us. You know, I was reading the other day uh, something from the Harvard Business Review that said 80% of turnover stems from bad hiring decisions. So this goes right in line with what both of you were saying that the cost to, you know, this could cost the company five times this person's salary. But even more importantly, which is what you mentioned, Katie, and, you know, was time, right? The time you lose is crucial. So, you know, looking at retention, okay, let's get into solutions here. You know, what can we do? And again, we don't have all the answers. I mean, I, I know that part of this is really just, uh, you know, doing the best you can. And, but we, you know, let's talk about some potential solutions to, to see if we can help, you know, the audience and people that are listening and leaders that are struggling with this same issue. So let's talk about the hiring piece and how hiring could be a solution to retention. So you screen for like you screen ahead of time, right? So what do you screen for when you're, you know, when you're in that hiring process to make sure not maybe not make sure, but at least, you know, help make sure that this person's going to stay with you. (laughs) Yeah, I think for us, it's culture. And so that really starts with knowing who you are as a company and what type of a person is going to be successful. And not to say that someone can't come in and adapt to the culture. They absolutely can, but we're just looking for some basic foundational elements that we know will help you be successful here. And so that's a lot of our hiring process along with the expertise and fit for the role. So we spend equal amounts on both because I think for us, we know we're going to be smaller than the other three competitors we're going up against. And so culture will be that competitive advantage for us. And so we're really looking for someone who is in it for the long term and then has that grit, tenacity, perseverance to get through what we know will be challenges because no one has built a network that's architected in this way before. And so like Nicole said, you know, there's <laughs> there's unforeseen circumstances that'll bring in you know, new opportunities and new ways to pivot and new obstacles almost, you know, on a daily or weekly basis. So I think that can help you with your retention if you have people who are committed 
for the mission and the vision, and then also kind of fit culturally where they're aligned with how you want to work and why. And so those are the two culture pieces that I think are a little less tangible sometimes, but equally important. I appreciate that we over-index on, on culture. This more so than any other company that I've been at, we, we really do make sure that people fit the culture. And so we, we often hire for not only experience, because we, we have a lot of that, but we also hire for potential, which is amazing. So we've had new people come into the industry, nurses, people that are just retiring from the military, uh, police officers, you know, somebody that is not your traditional industry candidate, but those people have come in and I've been astounded. We've already, we've already promoted some of them just in the year that I've been here. So you know, culture is, is everything. And I agree with, with Katie that, that at the end of the day, that's going to be our competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, you said you, some of the these people have already been promoted. And we find in staffing that one of the number one reasons why people leave companies is they don't have or they don't see the growth and development. So tell me a little bit about the growth and development opportunities at DISH and how do you you know, how do you make this career path available for people and get them excited about that growth and development? Yeah, one thing I, I think we do really well is is make sure that people know how to fish for themselves, right? There is endless, boundless opportunity here, right? There's so much to do. And so a lot of it is just people raising their hand and saying, hey, I can do more and then creating that pathway. So we put a lot of emphasis on leadership and making sure that leaders and mentors are advocates for, for our, our team members. And we think that that's the best way for for people to, you know, create opportunities for themselves. Because again, you know, I've seen us create positions that didn't exist before because it just, it made sense. And so while we definitely focus on on career paths, we also just really focus on, you know, you own your destiny too. And there's there's endless opportunities here. Mm, You own your destiny. So true. So, so true. Katie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Nicole. Those people that are getting promoted are the ones who have seen an opportunity or seen a gap. And instead of, you know, maybe complaining about it, they've just raised their hand and said, I'm going to fill it. And then once that becomes part of their job responsibility, it's obvious, you know, they're ready for the next move. And so also in the hiring process, we've brought in people that we really think can scale one or two levels. We know we're growing fast and the team that we have today is smaller than the team we need tomorrow. And so we at DISH really have a culture of promoting from within and we didn't have all the wireless expertise we needed, which is why we had to go out and hire from the external market a lot over this last year and a half. But I think as we brought in more talent, I'm excited to see continued promotions from within the people that are here. And it's not always, you know, even in my story at Dish, it's not always like the next move up. Sometimes you take a lateral position, learn a new skill set, and then that right. helps you grow into that next role. So it mm-hmm. it doesn't always look the same for every person. And we're pretty open minded about, you know, even in my story, I started my career at Dish in marketing and sales and then moved into the HR space. So I think, you know, you take that knowledge and it helps break down silos also because you have the relationships from the other parts of the organization and then you're able to look at things with a little bit different perspective. So I think we really really like that career movement and we've seen a ton in the past year, which to me is success if we can promote, you know, the next market general manager from within our ranks versus having to go out and hire someone, which we've been able to fill a lot of those MGM positions internally, which, you know, to me is is success. So huge success, huge. 
I also, Do you have something else, Nicole? Yeah, no, I was just going to say the other thing that I love is, you know, we, you know, the industry vets that have been doing this for 20, 30 years, what I see is they love mentoring the, the, the new folks, the new entrants. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really breathe some life into them too. So it's really cool. You know, people that you've worked with for a long time, they're different kind of leaders here. They're different kind of coworkers. And so I also think that mix is just making it really special. And honestly, there's not a day that goes by that somebody doesn't tell me, hey, this is the best team I've ever worked on. So I, I think that that's really neat. I think everybody is feeling fulfilled from just the mix of people we're getting. So let's talk about employee engagement and, you know, engagement of the team, right? Because this is something that is, it's absolutely crucial to, you know, to keep people excited, but it's how do you keep people engaged and excited and, you know, all passionate and revved up when it's so challenging and it's so hard, right? I mean, they've got a big job. There's a lot to do. There's some obstacles in the way. How do you keep people focused on the mission and engaged and excited? Wow. This is something I think about all the time. And I have a lot of sensitivity because so many people here have great ideas and we're so busy. So, you know, I I work really hard to be accessible and and we make sure that all the leaders are accessible, including our senior leadership. The the challenge could be is that we could be doing too much when we really need to be focused on our build. So I I try to be a little bit, strike a balance of that. But honestly, I, you know, as a leader, I enlist other leaders and other team members to help with grassroots movement. And that's mm. really cool. So we actually, you know, we will take a problem. We'll say, we'll throw it out to a chat of a couple hundred people and we'll say, hey, what should we do here? And actually we have, we have Dish Cares, which is a, a charity function that we have inside Dish. And we just, we threw it out and we said, hey, can you guys kind of help form yourselves and, and do something? And so they, they totally you know, had a representative from each of the markets and and they, you know, created a, a movement. And now we've done a lot of community work in our communities for the markets that we're building. And even coming up, we have a, a cross-regional uh, competition around uh, a toy drive that we're going to do. So wow. a lot of that, you see people just really flourishing and maybe they're an individual contributor, but they love taking on those stretch assignments kind of outside of their core duties and they get to engage with other people. And you see that engagement's really high and you see that they're excited because it's not just mm-hmm. about the work. It's about the people that you get to deal with and the exposure that you that you get here. Love that. that, That's my motto. It's not just about the work, it's about the people. So Katie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think for us, you know, just one other thing in addition to what Nicole said is, is we've kept the organization pretty flat. And so I think our team, we try to kind of lift our heads up and have a chance to learn something new or see a part of the organization maybe we don't work with on a regular basis. So you know, whether that's like our head of cloud coming in and talking once a month just on what we're doing that's new in the space or someone from product or a leader that's been at DISH for a long time. We just had someone who's spent 25 years here and he was able to kind of explain how, you know, when the phone rang and someone asked him to take a job somewhere else, like why he stayed. And so I think just hearing those stories and understanding the big picture also helps when you get into that tough day and you're meeting obstacles. And so I think that's something we've actually done done pretty well. But those chances to continue to learn and grow as an employee are also important for engagement because we hire for ambition. And so the people here are excited to continue to grow and contribute and make it to the next level, take on more responsibility. So as leaders, I think we have to help them not just focus on the day to day, but also get outside, 
their own kind of uh, responsibility and think about their own career development and have access to different paths and ideas as well. So, mm-hmm. yes, no, that's fantastic. I want to talk about remote work because there's this great shift, obviously, that happened to remote work, you know, with COVID. And, you know, now some companies are going back into the office. Some companies are staying remote. Some companies are going hybrid. You know, there's there's just a lot of chatter around that. So why is it important for Dish Wireless team members to work together, like in person or in an office? Yeah, I can start. So I think we... We are building a team, as you've heard, very quickly. And so it's different than when you're an established team and you have those relationships and ways of working. We're all still getting to know each other. We are trying to grow and scale our employees, you know, to move up one or two levels in a short amount of time. And so that in-person collaboration and development has really been a key to the success and honestly, the milestones we've hit up until this point. So I think we've intentionally chosen a strategy where like the industry is kind of zigging and we're zagging. So we're, we're definitely different in that way. But if you want visibility from your leaders, if you want that in-person collaboration and, you know, I know as a leader, even for me, like I see my employees face, someone comes into the office and I can tell, oh, they had a really rough day or they're having a rough night last night. You know, I can support them in a different way than if they're on camera or, you know, not, or just behind the phone. And so I think there's a lot of intangibles and because we're moving so fast, a lot of our work does get done kind of on the side outside of scheduled meetings. It's those informal, Hey, can I check on this? Or I stopped by, I had that idea that you just don't get if you have to schedule everything and you're really in a remote environment. So we, we know it's different and we know it's something that makes us unique. But again, we're trying to do with one person, maybe what the big carriers are doing with 10 or 100. So any efficiency or that we can get, we're taking advantage of. That makes sense. You're so right, Katie. I, I think it's about that that human connection. And I think we underestimated how much that was needed. You know, I, I love going to the office every day. And I also actually, you know, travel to every single one of my markets, you know, every week. And those, you know, just being able to talk to somebody outside of a one hour scheduled call has made me make different decisions just for me personally. And I know that that's happening in the office every day. And it's it's not for everybody, but the feedback, you know, that, that we get consistently is like, hey, it's, it's really good to be together. We know each other really well. We trust each other really well. And that trust, I think, is helping us to go really fast. I think, Nicole, you guys just had a really challenging situation on your team. And I think maybe just if you can touch on that and like the importance of how you were able to help support. Yeah, no, thanks yeah. for thanks for bringing that up, Katie. We had a really unfortunate and unexpected death of one of our beloved managers in one of our offices. And it was, I told my manager um, that had called me to, to give me the news that every time he calls me now, I have a little bit of PTSD because just hearing that news was just so crushing for them and for the team and for their family. And so, you know, we did all of the right things as a company. We, you know, provided them counseling and things like that, but it was more about being together. I, I literally jumped in my car and drove the couple hours to go be with that team. 
we gave everybody the option to go home that day. And honestly, every about 95% of the, the employees stayed in the office and we talked and we ate and, you know, just tried to, to be there for one another. And we were really destined to keep his his memory alive too, because he, he made such a, an impact to us in such a short amount of time. And so even in this last week, we had another office, our Oklahoma City office actually dedicated their conference room and renamed it to our manager. So it's, it's forever going to be our, our J1 conference room. And then in addition, two other offices uh, named a cell site after, after that manager. And so we're, we're really destined to keep the memory alive. He would be tickled to see how far we are. And, and he's going to be very much with us as we, as we launch the network. But I think it goes back to connection and being there for each other. And I see that team doing so well. They're making their numbers, their goals, right? Because they even more so just want to be there for for one another. And I can't say how proud I am of of them individually and of, of the leadership that has taken place over that. You know, I've I've noticed that, you know, really one of the silver linings of this pandemic has been a strong push for psychological safety, wellness, mental health, you know, connection. And, and, and I think it's so important and it's about time that we recognize that at work. So this is a perfect example of that. And do you feel that, you know, it's having an in-person environment or at least the ability to see people in person, that it strengthens that commitment for that wellness and mental health and psychological safety? I think so. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that. And it goes back to what Katie said, which is, you know, you can see where people are at when you're working together. And that I just don't, I don't think you necessarily see if, if you're conducting all of your business, you know, on online. And so I think that's, I think that's really helped just to make sure that people understand where people are at and can support them as, as managers and as, and as coworkers and peers, right? Making sure that you can be there and, and provide that safety or provide that support that they need. And, and I think too, just the recognition that all of us are dealing with a lot outside the office. And so I think when you have that body language and you can see maybe someone comes into your office to talk about something work-related, but you can tell, hey, they need to just share a little bit outside. I think that has really been a big role for all leaders this past year and just listening and helping support people through their unique challenges. It's definitely helped being in the office and really being able to have that in-person connection that a lot of people haven't really had. So I think we've been able to come together and are much closer as a team as a result of it. So yeah, we have a hybrid model. Oh, go ahead, Nicole. No, I was just going to say, I heard recently that, you know, they said that, you know, the workplace should be almost better than your your home life, right? Which is such a, an incredible responsibility to take on, but, you know, coming to work and, and being able to provide relief, making it a good environment for people is something that we think about all the time. We don't always succeed, right? But it's something that I think um, we should aspire to for sure. Oh, absolutely. And making it a good environment. I was just going to going to say with with our hybrid and hybrid schedule. So we have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the office and then Monday and Friday remote. And, you know, we're running out of space for people here. Everybody wants to be in the office. So they're all asking me for bigger office space, more desks. We all want to be there. And it's so interesting how we went from, you know, so many people wanted to be remote. Now nobody wants to be remote because they love being together so much. So it's been an interesting, I know, you know, it may not work for everyone, but boy, this has been an interesting learning experience for us. And it's awesome. I mean, I'm in the office now with everyone and, 
And, you know, and it's just, it, it does make a difference. You know, it was my birthday and I came in and my entire office is decorated and there's just balloons and stuff everywhere and everybody's present. And, you know, it's just different, right, than having that birthday celebration online. So anyway, I appreciate those comments. And something else I wanted to ask you is that women have, you know, have left the workforce in mil like by the millions, just really over the past year and a half. And this is something that is a crisis and we need to support women to get you know, back in the workforce and just support women period that are already in the workforce. So how, you know, how do you, you know, really support women as leaders, you know, team members at DISH? And I know Nicole, that I had heard that you started um, an employee resource group specifically for this purpose. So I just wanted to address this a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Thing, obviously, that is probably pretty personal to to the three of us here, being women. But no, we we actually started an employee resource group for our wireless division, which was already attached to an employee resource group that existed at Dish. So we're we're women in wireless, and it was a group of core people that just said, "Hey, we have a need to raise our visibility," and so that's actually our core mission is just to raise the visibility and the profiles of women in the organization so that we understand what they need in order to continue to progress their, their careers. And I see it across the board. I mean, this is probably the most talented, passionate group of women that I've, that I've worked with. And they're, they're you know, kind of hungry for that. And so you know, throughout the experience, we're starting to understand what they need to, to be successful here in the workplace. And so that, that will be something that we'll, we'll take on. And it's, it's certainly in its infancy, but I, I think all the women here understand the opportunity that's available here at DISH and, and that's exciting for them. Love it. Love it. Thoughts, Katie? I, I can add to, I mean, I think I'm a mom of three and then have one on the way. So I think, you know, there's definitely <laughs> unique challenges that women are facing. And I think Carrie, we're seeing women leave the work environment just because oftentimes like there is that kind of unbalanced burden of caretaking on women. And so it is tough, especially right now, as the caretaking responsibilities have increased in every family, you know, specifically for women. So I think we're trying to balance that with the crazy ambitious goals we have ahead of us. And I think for me, it just starts with supporting the women that we currently have and then making sure that we can retain them and work to find solutions that are going to help both them succeed and then also the company be successful. So we're bringing visibility, we're sharing stories, hearing how others have done it. I mean, it's a personal passion of mine as well. I think we're one of a handful of Fortune 200s that have a female co-founder, you know, so we have really strong women in the organization and just how do we rally around each other, be each other's advocates, support, and, um, you know, I'm sure that there'll be things that we need to change and do better, but for me, it just starts with taking care of the people that are here and giving it their all every day and making sure we can be successful together. Well said. Well said. So I've also heard that people don't leave companies, they leave bosses. So let's talk about leadership for a minute. The leadership at, you know, at Dish Wireless, you know, it's, it's obviously a crucial piece of retention. I mean, it really, really is. So would you say that there's similarities among the leaders? Or, you know, is everyone a bit different? Do you have, is there a particular leadership style that, you know, that you like to hire for or encourage? 
I can start. One of the things that I love about being on Dave Mayo's team here at here at Dish is he really hired for just unique skill sets. So, you know, some people are really tech, even in his direct leadership team. Some people are very technical. Some people are very deployment focused, very operations focused, you know, or some people are just passionate about certain causes. And so I, I really see that he leverages all of those skill sets and it's fun to work across the table with people like that. I am very focused on recognition. I have another peer who is who is really focused on making sure that we have give good feedback so that way we can continue to grow people and then technical development, things like that. So I, I think all of those things are so helpful. I think having diversity and in, in thought, how we utilize our people and our leadership is is really helping to make a more well-rounded organization. And I, I think, again, it comes down to culture. I think that that's going to be the secret sauce going forward. Do we have a long ways to go? Absolutely. We always do. Leadership's a journey. But I know that everybody's heart's in the right place and, and really working to develop that. Katie, any thoughts there on leadership? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone here is pretty results oriented. So that's probably the glue that keeps people together is, is a, you know, that satisfaction of accomplishing a tough goal. But I think there's also a lot of different perspectives. And we have, if you look at the broader team, people who come with wireless expertise or maybe spent their whole careers in wireless, and then people from other industries that are bringing that diversity of thought and a lot of what we're building is in software, not hardware. And so, you know, we have to intermingle some people from the startup world or that have that cloud expertise, not in wireless with the traditional expertise from wireless. And so I think the leadership looks different a lot across the board, but it is kind of that results that's motivating everyone that keeps us together. And I think we have a really strong team in terms of leadership and So I'm excited. I get to learn from them every single day because I know it makes all of us better. You are making history right now. It's exciting. And in fact, I, this had to be some record that was set in the, over the, you know, around the globe is how many people that you've hired. You've hired hundreds of people just in the past year. And you know, it's how many people is it Katie now? We hit our thousandth hire, I think, in September. So, I mean, there's definitely bigger numbers out there um, <laughs> compared to, you know, a lot of our competition. But uh, I think, again, it's it's like that specific mix that we're looking for and bringing on right. people that really want to stay for the long term and help us through 2023 at least see these goals through. So, yes. Any final thoughts? I mean, there's vision, there's adventure, there's excitement, there's, I mean, it, it, this is happening. It's act, It's happening and it's in motion. And, you know, we all know that you, you know, you are going to get there. You're going to get to the peak of the mountain and we see it. And it's just, it, I mean, I'm so excited that I'm going to get off this podcast and just go, <laughs> go change the world, you know? So it's been so inspiring. Any last thoughts before we close? I would just say, you know, I think one of our executives, when he came on, just said Dish is still the best kept secret in wireless. I truly believe that. I think our story is just starting to be told. And so, you know, I feel like we're more excited about the future and that's what's getting us up in the morning. But I think what we're building is really special and we don't, we haven't gotten out there and told our story enough yet. So stay tuned, but we're starting to get out there more now. And, you know, in two years, we'll have a nationwide network up and running. So it's, <laughs> it'll be an exciting journey. 
we're a show me company. And I think we're, you know, we've built a, a ton of momentum now. And so I feel like we're just getting to the part where we are telling that story because we know we're going to get it done. And it's super exciting. And I think everybody that's here is here because they don't want to do the same old thing in the industry. And so we get to, we get to reinvent this a bit. And that's amazing. So if anything, come join us like sooner rather than later so that you, you have the worst stories to tell with us about building this, this fantastic network. And where can we find out about jobs at Dish Wireless? Where do we go? We You can go to dishwireless.com or careers.dish.com to see all the individual postings. So we're certainly still hiring lots of room for people on the team who want to come make a difference. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. I truly appreciate you coming on the show. And I, like I said, it's just been so inspiring. So thank you. Thank you. I hope we can do it again someday. Carrie, really Thanks, Carrie. <laughs> Take care. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.